0: episode nine of the easier said than none podcast my name is bernard donahue join with me bob Morgan and dave discano fellas how are we doing
1: what's going on doing fantastic besides the construction going on
0: outside of my apartment yeah um middle school being built across from bob so that he can finally go pursue that education of his um so you know good for you bob you know it, it might it might suck now but it'll be it'll be worth it in the long run no no just remember definitely. pemdas can you, can you can you
1: recite PEMDAS right now?
0: Parentheses, exponent, multiply, divide, addition, subtraction, bitch. Wow. Please excuse wow. my
2: dear
1: on Sally.
0: Yeah.
2: I'm always good for like a, a one-liner at the beginning, and then Bob just expands a little bit. with He shows a little bit of character.
1: Charisma. Love that. There huh? goes the, the beeping, so we're going to
0: mute. Kind of a, the, the week in general, kind of a step down from – What was last week, we had a pretty hectic week last week with NFL free agency, first round of games, you know, kind of a step down here. We had the Sweet 16 and Elite Eight the past week, a couple of NFL free agency things, nothing major, nothing from the Pats, I don't think. Uh, Opening days today, or for the the Red Sox it is, Uh, with the second to last opening day because the Mets and Nationals got canceled yesterday because they have COVID, so that sucks for them. Um, And then looking forward, got Champions League coming up this week. International window has ended, so club soccer is back this week. Um, So we're going to get into a couple of things. So we'll we'll just start off with Sweet 16 and Elite 8. So from the – I'm just going to call them the top left, top right. So top left, Gonzaga, completely just burns through every single person that comes close to them. I think – so they're 20 – or they're 30-0 and now in 29 of those games have been decided by 10 points or more which is ridiculous so the question is can they be stopped and I'm not sure the the answer is anything but no I think
2: they can be stopped by Baylor and Baylor only
1: yeah I, th- I think Baylor's the best matchup of the year uh, I think that game's going to be a well, if it if it comes about, obviously they both going to take care of business. More of the Baylor on Houston part. I there's just so much uh, on Gonzaga. I think that like people who didn't know about Gonzaga, like you might have known Jalen Suggs. Like maybe you knew Corey Kispert because he's kind of been around forever. The dude that nobody even talked about, and he's the best player on the floor every night, is Drew Timmy.
0: He's got he's got baller in Euro in Europe. Written all over him. He won't won't be big of a player in the NBA. He'll be around for a little while. He'll probably go undrafted. He'll make a summer league team and then he'll probably make a squad. And and he'll be a guy that floats around and gets like five, 10 day deals. But he's not big enough to like dominate in the league. Dude, he's like 6'8, 6'9.
1: Hey, hey, he bitched Evan Mobley, and Evan Mobley is going to cover some good bigs for 15 years. Oh. Uh, okay, well, look about it this way. Would you rather take a kid from? Would you rather take a kid from like France in the second round and like maybe draft and stash, or would you rather take Drew Timmy and let him be your eleventh man and maybe he figures it out? There, there are worse.
0: Would you rather? Would you rather have Timmy or Kispert?
1: They're well, they're not even in the same. Oh, so like in yeah, general, yeah, in the draft, Kispert's going to go in the top ten. No way, dude. Yeah, have you read every mock draft dude, in the top Kispert? ten? Yeah, he's like no the, Look, look it up right now. Yeah. any mock draft you look up, dude. He's a he's the prototype NBA three and D. Like he's he's Duncan Robinson. He's Tyler Hero a little bit. Like that's what he is.
0: The last one I saw I had him.
1: He's JJ Redick, Duncan Robinson, probably not as much Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero is more of like a, a just a baller. Suggs
0: is a monster, though.
1: Suggs is Suggs is. He's gonna be a player. He hasn't even like the 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 craziest thing in Gonzaga is they haven't even like. Put it into gear. Dude, they got three first-round picks, and Timmy's not even a first-round pick.
0: So the one I'm looking at has Kispert going at 14.
1: Uh, well, there are other ones that he's like 8th, 9th, 10 You're such an idiot, Bob. The lottery
2: lottery uh, I mean, player. Timmy's also a sophomore. So, like, if he, st- if he stays another year, his stock goes up if he ball- continues to ball out.
0: I think Ayayi a is a junior, too. So, realistically, they could have – three of those five guys back. I don't know if they will or not. They, they
1: just got a first uh, uh, top 10 recruit again. Their second ever, like, top 10 recruit besides Suggs.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, he is
2: also from France. So, as you mentioned, you get a best of both worlds.
0: <laughs> um, and then we'll, we'll shift down to the, the bottom left. Um, UCLA just decides to continue. I don't know how they're good. I really don't. Them and Oregon State, it's like, I don't understand how they are good. Like, they're, they've been good on defense. Yeah, I get that. But, like, besides – what's his name? Johnny Juzang. Yeah, he had, – He had 27 hooper. against Michigan, and I think the rest of the team combined had, like, 22.
1: Yeah, 24, I think. They went for yeah. He's a hooper.
0: I mean, he's he's a, he's a baller. I'll give him that. But, like, I just don't understand. Like, uh, I think – okay, here was what I was saying. If UCLA wins it all, Tiger Campbell – or T- Tiger Campbell, is that his name? Yeah, yeah. He has to shave his head.
1: No, dude. He's that got flow. palm tree
0: growing on the on his fucking dude,
1: head. That flows. If is, they
0: win it as an eleven seed, he has to shave his head.
1: That's the best hair I've probably ever seen.
0: I don't know. I like the mullet guy on Baylor.
1: Oh, yeah. That is solid flow. Um, just a tidbit though on UCLA. Car, I know we're talking about Tiger Campbell and his hair. Do you see Johnny Juzane supposed to be last year when he was at Kentucky, he was supposed to be a, a high school like he's supposed to be a freshman in college here. He's a Sophomore, so like, not that's a huge difference, but like, he's like a nineteen-year-old dude just absolutely running through the tournament. It probably is it the most impressive tournament. I don't know if it's most impressive because they kind of got like BYU wasn't a grade six. Then they Same got one
0: this year or like in recent years.
1: Recent years because they're the they're the first ever Double first game. four playing game to the final four. Second.
0: who? VCU.
1: Okay, so I don't think they are because I don't think VCU was first four. I don't think it was that was a thing back well, then.
0: So they did make – maybe – well, they they made the final four, and then I think it was, what, two years later that they beat Kansas or the next year that they beat Kansas. The year that they beat – no, I'm almost certain now that I think about it that they were first four.
1: Let's see. UCLA beats Michigan to go first four to final four. because. My roommate also brought that up and said he's like, "Oh, VCU did it," and I was like, "No, VCU did it. Like, it was Eric Mayner and it was shot like retro Shaka, and their that first four things like relatively new. '68 became a thing in like 2013 ish, and Eric Mayner was like before that.
2: Yeah, it was um, VCU in 2011. But did they oh, do no, no.
1: I think they just did it as an 11 or 12. Yeah. I don't think they had a – like, not saying that playing games, like, the, all the difference, but, like, fuck, man. you. UCLA- no, they did.
0: 2011, VCU became the first, but now not only team to advance from the first four to the final four.
1: There you go. Well, we're reading different articles because I have UCLA beats Michigan to become first four to final four. So Yes,
0: they're saying the name of the, those first four games is the first four. They're not saying the first first four. No, to complete run –
1: I don't know, dude. All right, whatever. Fuck remember it. remember our, first, our first
0: misunderstanding over my tweet earlier this week? F- words are hard. Hey, words are hard. Words are hard, which is why we dedicate an hour to it for people listening to us say words. Um, words are hard. All right, you're right. I, but, read it. I read it more. We're good. To answer your question, I think they are if they win it all, but I still have 2014 Yukon in my head as most impressive run.
1: Canberra Shabazz.
0: Shabazz. As a seven seed, if you look at that road that they went through, ridiculous. And they so, they beat St. Like, Joe's. Like, they were favored in that game. And they beat Nova, Iowa State, Michigan State. Um, they beat Kentucky in the championship. And I forget who they played in the final four. Florida. Yeah, Florida. So, I mean, like, that's, that's a gauntlet in itself.
1: Yeah,
2: but you UCLA, uh, they did go through – Bama and a good Michigan team although they didn't have um livers if uh, you, be, you I mean, beat if you first the first two games
0: where I guess we're against I mean BYU was a good team but then you had to play you, had, you played a 14 seed in your second in the second but round.
2: also but also like if they pull off the Gonzaga win like that's yeah agreed that's if what I'm saying.
0: Gonzaga, maybe if they go to the final four if you do Gonzaga Baylor
1: mean, you beat three ones in, in one round. That's, yes, that's yes. not a lot of people agree.
0: We're, we're, we're agreed there. But as of right now, if they lose to Gonzaga, I think 2014 should pass. Still. Oh,
1: yeah. If they lose, it's still it's it's a solid run. But yeah. no one's going to – I mean, you'll remember it, but, like, not really. Yeah. You no, know, like – yeah. Yes, you won't remember it, really.
0: And then um, we'll shift to the top right. So, Baylor gets through Nova pretty easily. And they get through Arkansas – I mean, if Arkansas didn't start that game off so shitty, we're, we might have, might have a different story here.
1: Good teams do what they're supposed to do. Yeah, Baylor was supposed to win the game. They, the Baylor was supposed to get here. They got here.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, if you were looking at Twitter, Twitter was defending Arkansas all year. I mean, like at the end of the, the game, because you know, if you look back on it, they weren't ranked until two weeks left in the season. To go to a, from that to a three seed, you're starting four freshmen. Like That'll be a team that's to watch out for next year.
1: Well, Moses Moody's going to go, so yeah. your best player leaves. That that changes everything. But,
0: but still, to bring back three. So bring yeah. back three no, you'll be good. You'll be, good. you'll be yeah. good. Um, and then, bottom right, Houston gets through Syracuse. I knew that was going to happen. I knew it was going to happen. I didn't want it to happen.
1: I was so – you saw me. I'll be honest. We started drinking at about 2 o'clock, and by 4 or 5, I was posting on Syracuse Moneyline Hammer It, 7 p.m. for the game. We were at the bar. Hammer It. And then I, was like, I was
0: looking at handicappers all over Twitter, and it was every single one of them was on Syracuse. And I was like, okay, this is where you fade the public and you have yeah. to be Houston.
1: Houston just – they ate – sir. like, Buddy buddy Bayheim was – couldn't get water
0: out of a boat.
2: Poor I hate, buddy. I hate Houston for no reason at all. I just, I've never liked them. You know, I, t- I took Cleveland State. I thought it was a great pick.
1: Dave, you want to know a fact? Because this is a, well, like this, and I saw it. Dejon Giroux, who's like the stud on, or the second best player on Houston. Oh, no. I I've, I, just heard this. He transferred out of UMass. He was the first ever like four star crew that went to UMass. And he transferred. I mean Fran Mitchell
0: could have run it, Dave.
1: Who didn't, who didn't transfer
0: from UMass?
2: Everyone, Everyone stayed, then we were yeah. sick.
0: It's tragic. What could have been? Do you think, do you, does this like run through your head at night? Like, damn, like we could have had three, four-star recruits run the top five. Like we could have run the Atlantic 10. Does that keep you open on night at all?
2: That would be great. If, if, like, if people around here got rowdy for basketball, like they got for hockey, then
0: you guys have to be good for them to get rowdy. I know.
2: It's so ridiculous. You got to be top five minimum for anyone to give a damn out in Amber. Yeah, I mean,
0: so th- that that region in itself went from, like, the sexiest to the ugliest by the end of the first weekend. Because Illinois and Oklahoma State were, like, bo- like America's two, like, sexy non-Gonzaga picks. And then they were gone. West Virginia was gone. And then you're left with Houston, which – Everybody seems to hate. And then Loyola Chicago, I actually kind of felt bad because people are starting to hate on Sister Jean, myself included. Like, all right, enough. You guys had your year. Like, be done with it.
1: Yeah, uh, she's – the podcast got deleted. We talked about this, but just we're happy she's alive. We're happy COVID didn't get her.
0: And we're glad she's well and fine, and we're also glad that Loyola's gone. So, um, Is there any chance that – we see any chance, like any chance, that we see a UCLA-Houston Final our championship? And if we do, would that be the least anticipated championship of all time?
1: No chance, and yes, it would be.
2: I, I mean, yeah. it would be exciting to see, like, two different teams in it than we've seen in the last couple of years. I know UCLA has been a powerhouse, but.
0: I think, I think it's a bust if we don't see Gonzaga Baylor. And I would be shocked. Actually.
1: Yeah, that that's the best game, like matchup-wise, Gonzaga. But I mean, honestly, Houston and UCLA, like now that I've watched every team kind of play a little bit, and like knowing some basketball, they actually like would be it would be a decent matchup, like kind of how they they would align, but. Let's – I want to see Gonzaga, Baylor. That, they've been one, two. They've – I mean, Michigan creeped in. Like, teams have creeped into like that, too. Like, when people are like, oh, Baylor's kind of overrated. They're one, two. They're one and two. But,
0: yeah, I mean, I, I think this this tournament, I'm not going to say it's been a letdown because, you know, we, we didn't have the tournament last year. There really hasn't been many, like, electric moments yet. And I really thought we were going to get one in that Michigan game. I thought we were going to get a buzzer beater or something. We haven't had a single buzzer beater to decide a game yet. Well, that happen?
2: Hold electric moment in the uh, Bama UCLA game. Yeah. That was up at the end. Yes.
0: Yes. That, that was sick. That, that was – yes. But other than that, like, can you think of one? Oral Roberts. Yeah. All I can think about is just, like, every single game just goes down to hacking and free throw shooting. Which, I mean – Okay. This also – I wanted to talk about this. Mick Cronin's, like, whole philosophy of fouling on an inbound while you're up three with, like, five seconds left, it is very smart, but I cannot stand it. It takes all of the excitement out of the last five seconds of a game. What
1: is it? You foul before they can get the ball in, right?
0: Yeah, and then they just shoot two free throws and you eliminate the chance of shooting a three. Well, he didn't do it. So. He did, yeah, he did not he do it. But like, so he didn't, he didn't do it against Alabama and he didn't do it against Michigan. Actually, I don't think they had really had the chance to do it against Michigan because that was a good that was a good drawn up play. I mean, we could go into like how is that the play that you draw up both times, taking it out. Like there are well designed plays, but just like read the room, Juwan Howard, like you guys are three for whatever from three, Paul pull up three with five seconds left really isn't the call there. And then is- giving it to Franz right after he airballed a three, like with point five seconds left. I don't really get that, but hey.
1: If he's there, that plays ran for livers.
0: Yeah, probably. I also didn't understand why you wouldn't just throw it up into the air for Dickinson and just let him try and get either get hacked or, you know, put that near the frame. So, um, and then college basketball, that doesn't have to do with the game on the floor. Some big changes this week. Uh, We'll start, we'll start with the one we should start with Roy Williams retiring. Pretty crazy, all things considered. Like he, I would say, him and Coach K are like the face of college basketball, coaches-wise from mid-2000s on, maybe early 2000s on. Um, It's going to be interesting to see where they go. And I told Bob, and he doesn't want to hear any of it, if Gonzaga wins on Monday, I think it's a chance that it's Mark Few, the coach of Gonzaga. He's getting paid. I mean, I'm sure that he'll get a raise if they win the championship and all that, and that's all well and fine. But I know that Bob's going to say he has a chance to, like, you know, establish Gonzaga into a blue blood or whatever you want to say it. They are a blue blood. They will never be a blue blood in that conference. They never will be. Unless they want to move to the (laughs) Pac-12. All right. Hear me out.
1: Hear me out. Getting into it, what is it, over the last, like, x amount of years gonzaga's had like that best win percentage
0: pro- probably since adam morrison really so
1: think the last 15 or adam morrison's what oh four last 17 years gonzaga's been like a power they send guys they send guys to the nba like there's a lot of guys in gonzaga in the nba now like all this shit um man mark few has had the opportunity to lead before maybe maybe you know what north carolina has never knocked on his door maybe like That job doesn't open up. Duke doesn't open up. Like those jobs don't just open up
0: every day, Um, and they don't come every day. day. So you
1: you could argue that. I just don't. Like if you're Mark Few, what you have absolutely nothing to prove. You have nothing to prove. You send guys to the NBA. You win games. If you get the title finally, like you have. you, You might you might be the best coach in college basketball because. As you've seen, they go and play all these big name teams, and they this year they they bitched everybody, everybody, everybody. Illinois, Iowa, Auburn, Kansas, like name them.
0: They've the only thing them. that I'll say is that it's taken him like the best team of all time.
1: It's hard to win. It's like, hard to win.
0: That's a huge stretch. It's hard. Probably the best win. team of the last fifteen years.
1: Huh? Yeah, probably. Maybe, like you could argue from like, a
0: collegiate wise, like you so can look back at some teams, teams and like there's gonna be like oh well, there were three like NBA studs on this team, but yeah. the way that they play is crazy. It is so yeah. satisfying to watch the way oh. they play basketball. It's
2: not like it's not like he inherited the best team ever. Like they recruited them. Yeah, they had a
1: build. Like yeah, I don't know. Maybe they make a push because they're only D one for, or I could be making this up. Because I don't know if they – they don't play football, so I, that's the reason why I say it. Like, I feel like well, –
0: They've been D1 for a little while, I think, because John's no.
1: there. So, no, I think for basketball – but I don't know what other sports they're D1 in. Like, maybe you just move to the Pac-12 and go dominate the Pac-12. That's what you should do.
0: Yeah. Well, but I've been saying this for a couple of years now.
1: You don't need to. Um, Even if they – even if they move to like the mountain, the mountain West isn't really – it's like a step up.
0: I would – But it's still even take not. Mountain West. Mountain West has got a couple good teams. Like, Utah State, San Diego BYU, State. San Diego State.
1: BYU's, no, BYU's with Gonzaga. Right, right,
0: sorry. Um, Colorado State, Boise State, Nevada.
1: Yeah, you need a you need a better schedule. You,
0: uh, well, yeah, I mean, and like, they've done their best in the past couple of years to, you know, really ramp up the, the out-of-conference schedule, but like, I, I don't think they can ever be considered a blue blood in the WCC, playing Pepperdine and Loyola Marymount. Whoop-dee, freaking do. Um, but I did look at the potential replacement candidates. So the one that everybody thinks is Williams' assistant, Hubert Brown. Uh, the other ones that I saw listed were Mark Few, potentially Brad Stevens, which I don't think will happen because if he turned down Indiana, he's not going to UNC. Um, Jerry Stackhouse, who's an alum. Uh, Antoine Jamison, who's an alum. He's in the Wizards organization right now. The coach at Stanford, I forget his name. The UNC Greensboro coach, I forget what his name is. Nate Oates. I can't imagine he'll leave, but, I like, Bama's a big enough school where I, I think that. I think, I think Oates
1: and, just got, like, a seven-year extension, too.
0: Yeah, he might. You might. I, mean, I think you might be right there. But, like, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, Alabama's a big enough school where you can establish your program there, if that's what you want to call it. So it'll be interesting. I think we'll probably get a turnaround on this pretty quickly. I would say it's probably gonna be the next two weeks, is my guess.
1: Are you are you in on Mark Few? Is that who your guy is?
0: If North Carolina refers to themselves or thinks of themselves as the program that historically they are, I think Mark Few is like the best possible candidate for them. Like I don't like. We don't know what his thought process is. You don't know if he'll even, he'll even entertain it. But like, he's never really been linked to go anywhere else. So, like, see, this and Duke are like D two jobs. Maybe yeah.
1: no. See, but my thing is, I think like looking at like what I would say, Michigan's a pretty elite job. Yeah, like that's Michigan. one of the newer ones. I mean, obviously, like, UCLA opened up, but that kind of lost some pedigree.
0: Definitely, I, has lost I some, think. I Georgetown. think
1: the new thing is is the the former player like. Was it, Hubert, is it Hubert Brown or Hubert Davis? What's his name?
0: I think it's is one, of Brown? one of yeah. them's the announcer. One of them's the announcer. One of them's the Hubert like, Davis now that I think about it.
1: Okay. He he's the assistant right now, or he's like the associate head coach. He played yeah. in the NBA, was a report like a, a broadcaster. I would say he's probably the in the clubhouse, he's probably the favorite. But
0: the other thing is like, you know, when you're you're talking about that whole like bringing back former players and everything recruits like the idea of playing for young guys who just came from the league. I think the whole, the fate like the glimmer off of like these older guys are starting, is starting to go a little bit. And especially at these big schools, like kids like the idea of playing for a Jerry Stackhouse or an Antoine Jamison. They like the idea of playing for Jawan Howard, that sort of thing. So it'll be interesting. They said Roy Williams is going to have a big, big say in who the next coach is. Um, So we'll, we'll see. If, if Man, you does
2: win, does he take it as like a personal thing? Like I have to win at Gonzaga before I go anywhere. That's, else.
0: that's what I was saying. I think he he's definitely more likely to take it if they win. I agree. I almost don't know if he will take it or really entertain it if if they don't win. And but also like he might want to try and get rid of that whole like Gonzaga will never be able to win a national championship thing and just be like, all right, well I'm going to UNC. But I don't I don't peg him as that kind of guy. And then some big personal news. Texas, we am not going to even say we lost Shaka Smart. Shaka Smart left, takes the job at Marquette. It's the best for everybody involved. Nobody was getting anywhere in that relationship at all. It just wasn't a good fit. I think he's, he's better in a, in a Big East Atlantic 10 kind of position. I don't think the Big 12 is a very good fit for him.
1: Did I read it right that he – Never won a tournament game?
0: With Texas. No. With Texas. Or after they went to the Final Four, he never won another tournament game.
1: He went to the Final Four with Texas?
0: No, 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 with VCU. Oh,
1: so Shaka is not a good coach.
0: <clears throat> yeah. O-
1: overrated. He, you know who he's like? No, he'll be
0: he'll be um
1: You know who he's like? The so haters cool. might hate this. Who? Brad Stevens. He needs the he needs the underdog to make a run. Once you give him the once you give him the big dogs, he doesn't do it as well.
0: Yeah, I mean Stevens went to two Final Fours, so I guess he could say I don't know.
1: Stevens underdog, underdog. Yeah. Is
0: no, one. like yes, yes, he's not able to make a, a a great team elite. He's able to make a a good team very good.
1: That's probably a really hot take, seeing as he's brought the Celtics to like. I, sorry, I know I. I, I understand
0: it. where the logic is. Uh. It's not the strongest of claims. You know, yes. there's not the thesis needs a little work.
1: We'll throw out um, a hot take though. We, we don't, we don't care. We'll throw out any hot take we want.
0: And then the tech, the Longhorns finally get it right. Actually, I thought they got it right when this. They hired Shaka. so I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to try and jinx it, but Chris Beard is the perfect fit. I know a lot of people are going to criticize him going from Texas tech to Texas. He's a Texas alum. Like this is the job that he wanted all along, I think. And he's a great fit. He's a great coach. He's established a hell of a program over at Texas Tech. I'm really excited to see what the next couple of years does for him. I saw that Texas Tech had offered him a lifetime contract and he turned it down. So like that means like he Texas was always the first, the first option. And I saw I saw some wild rumors before, you know, Beard was like heavily linked that Texas might go after like John Calipari or um uh, brad underwood from from illinois but i mean he's like a type of guy who like establishes a program and i think texas needs that badly because they have really haven't had it like rick Barnes barely even had it after kd left like they had one maybe two good teams in the last 15 years and this was one of them and shaka blew that big time like realistically this team was i mean it if 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 they were well coached, or if they were coached by someone like like Chris Beard, honestly, I think that team probably would have been a one seed this year. And yeah, I, and a little bit of a diluted, not diluted, but like Texas you know wasn't very good this year. None of those teams were
1: hot. You, you know what's kind of plagued Texas the last like five years, and this this isn't like a a bad thing. I would say it's like shows they're a good program. I was just thinking about it. What they had. Miles Turner, one and done. Yep. Mo Bamba, yep. one and done.
0: Jackson Hayes, one and done. He wasn't that big of a contributor, but yes, the point stance.
1: But, like, okay, Jackson Hayes is, gets minutes in the NBA. Correct. And yes, if yes, Jackson yes. Hayes stayed I two know. more years, I would bet he would be, like, I know I know Mo hasn't played – like, Mo Bamba kind of fell off. But still, if if he was still in – like, I don't even know if he would be in college. I think he might be a senior.
0: Probably. Would he was never – I mean, like, year. those guys never stay, though.
1: I know they never stay, but, like, that's yeah. – at a certain point, it's like, if you're Texas, do you really want those guys? Like, they come in, like, they don't – not even like – you were saying, Jalen Hayes didn't really do shit. He just was a seven-foot freak. Like, he wasn't meant for the college game. He's meant for the pro game. Like, that, that just happens with teams. And, like, I feel like the one thing that did kind of bite Texas this year is a lot of their guys – and I don't know why it's always like this – a lot of their guys aren't meant for the college game. Like like Greg Brown, Greg Brown. If he leaves, he's gonna go and be in for a first round pick, and people are gonna be like, "That kid didn't do anything. He didn't even play. like in the tournament games, he didn't really play."
0: I think mean, he got and twelve minutes in that Abilene Christian game.
1: 12, 12 minutes. He's gonna be a first round pick.
0: Yeah, like, I mean, I'm interested to see if he can get any of the guys that were maybe like fringe draft guys to stay at all. Like, I think Jericho Sims would do would do a lot with another season, especially under Beard um possibly maybe get bringing in a transfer to like some some big names i would love to see christian bishop from creighton i don't know how much of a i mean like i'm just throwing names at that i saw that I was like oh texas would would really uh, use a guy like that especially a if lot of a couple of these bigs
1: a lot of the good tech kids are trend. like i saw tech that kid Is Edwards from tech what
0: there's
1: no no not McClun's the only kid i haven't seen um but like a lot of their other like their three other other five starters are already transferred, so I wouldn't be shocked if they.
0: Yeah, I think McClung probably doesn't want that three schools in three years thing hanging over his head.
1: Uh-huh. Greg Brown could come back too. I said he's gonna be a first round pick, but the way he played, he might come back.
2: For the record, I don't think John Calipari will go anywhere else unless it's back to UMass.
0: That's enough out of you. Don't laugh. How is that no. funny? How would – in what world is John Calipari – in what world is John Calipari ever coming back to UMass?
2: He wins at Kentucky. He's sick of, like, this big program. He wants a challenge. He's going back to UMass to reestablish the program and assert his dominance on the game.
1: Dave, I would put the chances of that happening at ten percent
0: I think me, I think me and Bob have the same odds of becoming head coach of UMass as. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! Don't sleep on me. Don't sleep on me. I'm saying no, dude. I'm giving you the same. Don't put, no, don't part part.
1: put me and you in the same category. That's what I'm trying right, to say. I, I, I will.
0: Know. I will. I would run a. I would run a hell of a program.
2: Is that Got not it. the same situation as Bruce Arena?
1: Who, I. What is Bruce Arena the Revs guy?
2: Yeah, he he went. He won a whole lot at, in L.A. and now he's. He came to New England to reestablish re- reestablish the organization and win. Professional soccer. College Challenge.
0: Basketball. It's it's. I understand uh, Cal- what your thought process is, but yep. actually I- – Cal Perry will die at Kentucky. Did you actually see – speaking of lifetime oh, – I saw that the booster's a little pissed at him, though.
1: Yeah, but whatever. They, he gets the best – his yeah, NBA uh, draft record. NBA. Did you see Bill Self today just got a lifetime deal?
0: I did see that.
1: So Bill Self is going to be at Kansas till he dies. getting –
0: He's getting like something crazy, like six hundred k every single month for the rest of his coaching career. Yeah,
1: that stuff's crazy.
0: Imagine be six hundred k to go have dinner with recruits' families and drop out of bounds plays. Yeah,
2: the producers calling me. We gotta move on.
0: All right. Yep. Um, opening day is today. Socks. I so. All the local people th- seem to think that they're gonna shock people, and all of the national writers seem to think that we're gonna suck. And my prediction is that we're gonna fall somewhere right in between. Here's the thing: the rotation is not good, but not nearly as bad as people want to make it out to be. If you can get to the trade deadline, all right, here I'll I'll paint you a picture. Ready? So you got Erod, Erod will be back by next week, probably. Yvaldi is a good number three guy. He's not a one. He's not a two. He's a good three. I, yeah. Tanner Huck's a stud, and I don't want to hear anything else.
1: Is he our three? Because I, I thought we, I, we were looking at I think Garrett Richards is starting because go, I'm going to the game on Sunday. Yeah, Huck's starting tomorrow. Oh, so maybe we're getting – no, he runs off backs. So I think Richards might be the four. Okay.
0: And then Pavetta and Martin Perez. And Pavetta pitched well in the two games that he came back last year, like, I know he struggled in Philly, but like if you won't go back and look at like, it just didn't seem like it was a good fit. He's like a highly touted guy, like all throughout the miters, minors produced well, like needed a change of scenery. I think so. And then here's the other thing is that if you stay probably like within four games of 500 by the All Star break, you get Chris Sale back, and I heard he's pretty good at pitching. So mm, he's not bad.
1: Yeah, if you
2: stay in the hunt and you get Chris Sale back, it's it's basically like a Trade deadline acquisition. Treat it that way.
0: The other thing on top of that is if they if they get to the trade deadline and they make a move, I'm not confident in Bloom as like a buyer. He's never had to do that in his life. He's always been a seller. So yeah. that'll be that'll be a weird little Hey, can we throw
1: a ninety-second segment in about Chris Sale at the end of this baseball talk? Because I just want to get something off my chest. Sure, but, exactly. All right. Um, um, so yeah. the, hey, the lineup today. The talks will be good.
0: It'll probably be the lineup for the most part. So Hernandez, Verdugo, Martinez, Bogarts, Devers, Renfro, Gonzalez, Vasquez, Dahlbeck, Michael Chavis will be in the mix. Franchi Cordero will be in the mix. Christian Royal will be in the mix. Kevin Ploiecki, and then there'll be some young guys that come up at some point. I'm sure Jarrett Duran will be up at some point. Um, Jeter Downs might be up at some point. So, I mean, they're going to be a good offensive team. It's really going to come down to the pitching. And I think if they can be a – if they can be 20th in the league in starters ERA, I think they can make the playoffs. If they can be somewhere around that. If your starters can give you, like, five to six innings – most of the time and even if it's like three four um earned runs like a start like you're in a good position there so and i know i mean the AL East is tough which is going to hurt them and they have a couple of dreadful stretches in this schedule there's one part at the end of the season where they play 16 straight games no rest at all they play the yankees the white Sox, the astros and the yankees again and that's like a part in the season where if you're like down two games and then you gotta you gotta go like ten and six in that stretch, that's gonna be tough. That's gonna be tough towards the end of the season. That's pretty so, early. Yeah. Yeah. And I think rough. they have one in June too, where it's the Rays, the White Sox or no the Ray it might be the Rays, the White Sox, and then the Rays again. And it remains nice. to be seen how good the Rays are. They've traded a couple of pieces, but still.
1: You know the Rays are always good. Yeah. Um. What is our – I would say, like, if, if we made that – what is it? So, the wild card now, you get two teams make it, or right? Yeah. Two teams make the wild card. I, I would say, like, that's a, a good goal, especially – I mean, it, you could argue the NL East is, but I would say the AL East has probably became the best division of baseball quietly or loudly, however you want to talk about it. Like, the Yankees and the Rays are two of the top six teams every year. I think the Blue Jays are going to be good. good. And then, like, if the Red Sox are the fourth best team, it's a good division. The Orioles have the potential to
2: have an absolute stinker of the season. Yeah,
1: they're just terrible. They're just bad.
0: So, I'll ask three questions. You guys give me answers, okay? Over, under, 80.5 wins for the Sox
2: over like 83 84
1: Is it 152 or
0: 162?
1: 162. They so they are playing a full season. Okay, I thought they were yeah, playing. So like over, over
0: under a 500 season. record. Over. Will they make the playoffs?
2: Mm. I want to say they'll make that last wild card spot, but I'm we'll just have to see. I'm not there.
1: Uh, no.
0: No. And then give me your one player that's flying under the radar that you think will be, a, or a surprise or um, a letdown this year. Like someone, just give me a player that you're watching. I guess.
1: You just, I'll go. My one surprise. I. I mean, I don't know if he's a surprise. He's been having. I think Verdugo actually is going to have a, a really good year. I think. I think he's really good. Like I. He's not going to be Mookie Betts ever, but like, I think he'll be, I think he could be an all star for a few seasons and be like a very good outfielder. And then my disappointing, I'm going to go with Matt Barnes and I'm going to go that he loses the closer job.
0: You think it's Ottavino's by the end of the year?
1: I think it's Ottavino by the end of the year. And that's kind of, I don't know, I really like Ottavino, but I just, I don't really love Matt Barnes. He's got good stuff, but he's just,
0: I think, I think
2: Gonzalez might have a sleepy, like, a, Low key, good year. He's got power. I mean, he power showed it? he showed it with the Astros when they won the World Series. But I mean, granted, he knew it was coming um, <laughs> on the mound. But still, he's got some power. And
0: he's not Altuve. He doesn't have a buzzer in his shirt.
2: I've also heard. Yeah, right. I've also heard a lot about the, this pitcher Seabold. Uh, he might is he in the triple? Is he in the minor still? Or
0: I think they sent him down. Okay. Well, he was the other guy that they got with Pavetta, right? I believe so. In that Workman and Barnes deal.
2: Mm-hmm. It's- a lot of people fun. like Siebold, so maybe if he gets called up, he contributes a bit.
0: Um, for me, I think that they do go over 500. I actually do think they make the playoffs. I think they'll get that second wild card spot. And I mentioned them. My surprise, I think it's going to be Nick Pavetta. I think he's going to be a, a – I don't think – I'm not saying he'll be a stud, but he'll be a, a solid, reliable number four starter that eats innings for you. He has a couple of great outings. And the other one that I'm keeping an eye on, I don't really know much about him, to be completely honest with you, um, is Franchi Cordero. People seem to be like kind of in on him. Uh, he made the the ball club, like the, the big league team, and hasn't had much of pro experience. So I'm, I'm curious to see where that one goes. I, I guess he's got a lot of power. So we'll see where that goes. The, the Red Sox kind of seem to be with some of these hitters approaching the don't care if he makes a lot of contact as long as he mashes kind of things when he when he does make contact so sure. we'll see
1: i'm and excited not, for bobby
2: bobby dow back
0: yeah that too
2: yeah and i mean not a bold prediction at all but i think rafi will rake this year yeah
0: he always starts off the season a little a little shaky though so
1: i'm will, call, i'm calling a home run today
0: yeah like that will,
1: will jd be on the roster at the end of the year
0: depends on if 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 they're, if they're under 500, if they're not doing well, I think they'd ship them out. All right. Can I – It also depends on where his trade value is at, too, I think.
1: Oh, yeah, I mean, dude, he's a good DH. If he,
0: like, what i mean saying, if he has a good year and they're not.
1: Yeah, he, did, he was not great last year. Yeah. <clears throat> no one was really good last year. Yeah. All right, wait. Can I throw out this little 90-second segment? Absolutely. Sorry. All right. So, we've been having this discussion – and now that they're up and they're going to be like good players, when we made the when we made the Chris Sale trade a couple years ago, all right, for Moncada, or we gave up Moncada and Michael Kopech.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Now that they're up and in the majors and like they're going to be contributors, would you have done that trade?
0: Yes. Every single day of the week and twice on Tuesday. You want a World Series because of it. Kopek right, has, has, has barely pitched in the the majors and Moncada's had a very much of a roller coaster career so far. So I, I would do it.
1: Yeah. Alright. I just I needed that answer by other people to because I said yes. I would say I the winning World Series, I would do that trade a thousand times. But there are people out there that are not fans of that trade now. And I just think that like just because Chris Sale's hurt now, yeah, no shit, but he won you a fucking World Series. So
0: Yeah, I don't think you win the World Series without him, realistically. No. No, like you need you need a, a number one stud. Um, so we're gonna transition into a little bit of U.S. soccer here. Some positives, some negatives. Um, so
2: let's start be with fun. the good
0: news or the bad news, Dave.
2: I want to talk about the bad news. <laughs> All right. I don't really. really think, don't. I don't really think it's that bad. Well, obviously, I, it's disappointing it's, it's, and a failure. Yes.
0: Yes. Yes. So the the U.S. Olympic qualifying team lost in the semis, which means they will not be competing at the World Cup in this upcoming summer. A lot of optimism around the group because we haven't played at the World Cup. Or at the... Olympics. Olympics, sorry. We will be going to
2: the World Cup. In
0: 13 years. We haven't played in the Olympics since 2008. So there was a lot of optimism because... You can only play your younger players in the world. Sorry, in the Olympics, and for the most part, our best players are our younger players. So there was a lot of optimism that maybe we could make a run in the Olympics. You know, catch a couple eyes, see what happens from there. And the problem with that is that you don't get access to most of your best players that are eligible because clubs don't have to release them to go play. So for the most part, you're playing with MLS guys who aren't even like top five players on their team, really. And you're playing with guys who aren't getting first, first team minutes in Europe. So it's tough to qualify there. They get to the semis, they play Honduras, the team that knocked them out last time, let up a goal with literally 30 seconds left in the first half. And then we absolutely gift a goal in the second half, which it was tough because their keeper, David Ochoa, was probably the best player in the tournament for them. There's no way – I mean, like, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. And it was a failure. And I think the only thing that we can really do from here is move on. I think it's obvious that Christ is not a good coach. He shouldn't have been the coach. I don't know why he still is being given opportunities. But it is what it is.
2: Yeah. um, Questionable hires. Jason Christ wasn't even that good of a coach in MLS and the coach under him, the age group below him, uh, Hudson, I believe he was a shitty coach at Colorado. So I don't know where these hires are coming from, but my stance is if we wanted to qualify for the Olympics, we would have qualified for the Olympics. That's a C team out there. I understand that clubs don't have to release their players, but, you can bring a stronger squad. And even that squad should have been able to beat Honduras, who, by the way, is just like a USL all-star team, basically. Like,
0: My on. biggest problem with the entire thing is that, yes, it was like our C team. We didn't have a, a great selection. But even then, there were guys that were available that they did not call in that would have helped. Like
2: – Ibobese.
0: Ybobase would have helped out. Eric Williams would have helped out. Caden Clark from the Red Bulls would have helped out. There was no attacking threat on that team whatsoever. They won the first game, won nothing, and they played the worst team in the tournament, put up four goals, and couldn't score against Mexico, and then they had to rely on a banger from Jackson Ewell to get him uh, a goal in, in the Mexico game. I don't know what was up with Sebastian Soto. I think it's just – like. Playing for the US team, he was playing he was on loan in the Netherlands. He was getting a lot of game time. He looked good. And then Norwich calls him back, which I don't really understand because if you're not gonna play him with the first team, why take him out of first team minutes? But that's that's not our our decision. So I mean, let, let's move on to the positives. So the senior team played two games last week. They beat Northern Ireland 2-1. And then they beat Jamaica four one, right? Um yeah. I believe so, four one. Who caught your eye?
2: Well, first of all, I wanna mention the positives about the young I guess a positive spin on the failure to qualify for the Olympics. Our good it's not a talent issue. We have very good under twenty three players. We have very good young players. It's just that all of them we're playing for our real team. None of them, we're we're done with the old guys. That's what I'm trying to say. We're moving on to the next generation. The young guys are the team. That's the reality of it. So when people, some people might say, well, you don't have young good young players because you couldn't even qualify for the Olympics and CONCACAF. That's just not true because they're all playing for our senior team. So we'll, we'll be finding
0: starters and that game against Northern Ireland could, could have been on the fields.
2: Yeah. And that'll be the, that'll be the core of the team for the next like, well, 12 years. yeah, 10, 12 years. Um, so moving on to that team, um, I thought it was a pretty good performance. Serginio Dest kind of cemented his place in the, in the team. He's not going to be going anywhere. Him and Christian Pulsik will be the first two names on the team sheet probably. Um,
0: I think you could make an argument that he's the best player on the team right now.
2: Yeah, he has got loads of confidence. Yeah, he's running all over the place, doing fancy moves or whatnot. Um, Musa played really well. He was going straight through the middle of the park, just like dominating the game. I think. I mean, Northern Ireland is one of the like I don't want to say like the worst teams in Europe, but they're definitely towards the
0: in, bottom more than towards the I bottom
2: think. tier. Yeah. But it's good to win away at a European country, as John Strong mentioned 5,000 times on the broadcast. I hate um, him, by the way.
0: So for me, you mentioned it, Musa. first games with the team and to, since uh, committing to the team full-time. He's going to be – him, Adams, and McKinney are going to control your midfield for the next 12 years. So it's really nice to have that core right there. The The guy that – really caught my eye in these games and he didn't start either of the games was Brennan Aronson. Um, he was in Philly last year, transferred to Salzburg, which is notoriously as a a feeding club to the big clubs in Europe or the bigger clubs in Europe. Erling Holland came from there, maybe Keita from, from um, Liverpool. Same thing with Takasuki Minamino on Liverpool. So – What I saw from him was something that the U.S. has not had in a long time, and that's a guy that does not fit into their starting lineup but is a weapon off of the bench. And to have a guy that can come off the bench with 30 minutes left and make a difference within 30 minutes and absolutely carve up a defense is going to be an asset to have. So that was a really encouraging thing for me to see. Um, Kellen Acosta was there. I thought he played really well in the Jamaica game, and then he looked like an absolute – it was, it was brutal. It was maybe one of the worst performances that we've seen in the last 10 games from anyone in a U.S. shirt. But that being said, um, he's kind of out of club minutes right now. So, you know, the fit, fitness isn't really there.
2: You got to respect Sebastian Leggett. Re- yeah, he's, he's a
0: solid quality player.
2: Representing the league. But, and I mean, um, Daryl DK too. I thought yes, – I really liked what he, what he did. He didn't get the goal, but he could have scored like three or four.
0: The the striker pool is very interesting here because now you have. I would say the top five candidates, and you can you can critique this if you think in no order. I think your top five options up top are Sargent, Siobhuchu, C- 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 DK, Zardes, and I'm gonna lose lose here because. I don't think Jesus Ferreira has a future with the full national team, and Josie Altador is an old bag. So, um,
2: I don't think we need. Uh, I guess Tim Weah is kind of a winger now. I guess yeah, maybe for the national uh, team. Justin Renicks. Justin Renicks. Yeah, he can't even. He can't even get minutes for the Revs. So I don't think. No, uh,
0: um, but I mean, it was a very encouraging camp. It's going to be the last camp until. The camp before the World Cup that will be full of non uh, non competitive games. So from here on out, it's competitive games. It's going to be nothing but first choice players. They're going to be playing to win. It's not going to be a friendly to see what got like what these guys have. Uh, oh, Matthew Hoppy, that's the, the fifth one.
2: Matthew Hoppy, yeah. Mm-hmm. So Harold D K rumored to Everton. Do You see that?
0: Yeah, and Manchester United I guess is looking at him right now. Everton would uh, be
2: a better fit, huh? Everton would be a better fit for our, for our sake.
0: It's I'm kind of out on, like, our strikers going to giant clubs and just being expected to, like, go beast from there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we're going to have Gold Cup, Nations League final, World Cup qualifiers, and then bang the World Cup's going to be here. So
2: it'll be nice to see the whole team, our actual – all the players together for that Nations League. That'll be – that'll
0: be fun. Yeah, and it'll be a semifinal and a final just like that. So all right, let's move into the gambling part. And I got pee real quick, so we're keeping that
2: in. Can I keep can I keep that in? Sure.
1: <laughs> keep it in.
0: So getting into the gambling part of the show, um, kind of a dead week. Like there's only like three total basketball college basketball games being played until October, which is pretty messed up. It's mean, always sad. Whenever I see that the one shining moment video start to play, I get a little upset. But, hey, what can you do?
2: It's okay. The best league in, in the world coming back in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely is. Um, so, uh, like I said, it's pretty dry. Dave, you want to start? Yeah. Um,
2: as you know, I hate Houston, so Baylor's going to win by a million points. I'll take Baylor minus five. And then I don't know what the line is because it's Saturday. The game's on Saturday and it's – what day is it? Oh, Friday. I guess they don't have the lines out yet. But for PSG versus Lille, top two. They're tied at the top of the table in France at 63 points. Um, PSG's been the top dog in France for the last, like, 10 years or something like that. And – It'd be nice to see someone else win. So I want to pick Leal, but PSG is going to win the game. They're just too good. Neymar's back. They got Mbappe. Whoever else, I'll take PSG money line.
1: Hey Bob. All right. So I've been kind of looking at this, and just just FYI, going back to our picks, the opening round picks. I think I probably went like one and seven. So if anyone took those, sorry. Um, <clears throat> what I like this weekend. 14 for that Gonzaga-UCLA game to me is is crazy. Like, that's a Final Four game where the line is 14 points. I think the Zags cover. I think so, too. I think I think the Zags cover. So, I'm going to go with the Zags. Um, since I'm going to the Sox on Sunday, which I mentioned once or twice, uh, I'm going to go with the over because I want to see some runs. Why not? We're not there. I mean, unless it's like a – No-hitter, perfect game. We're not there to watch the pitchers. And then I'll also probably go that Houston-Baylor just because that's kind of the topic of, I mean, that's the big event this week. Uh, I'll go the over of 134.5. I I don't see, I know Houston's a good defensive team. I just don't see them being able to shut Baylor down. And even if they do, I still think it's going to be like a 76, 68 type of game.
0: Um, for me, I am – oh, by the way, Dave, uh, PSG minus 155. Um, for me, one soccer bat, I'm taking the over in Bayern and Leipzig. I expect it to be Madness. I think it was 3-3 three three last game. Uh, I think the over is going to be somewhere around three. Even if three and a half, I'll probably take it. So um, that's the soccer pick. And then March Madness, I actually have action on both games. I have Zags covering minus 14. I have – and then a parlay, I'm parlaying uh, Baylor and the over. Um, so take that as you like. You
1: want to uh, – can I, real quick, let's sort of group pick too. Yeah, sure. We're hammer. We're hammering the socks today. Yeah, yeah you, 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 uh, game, game
2: starts in 18 minutes. Can you I'm bet on the sweep? Is that is that a thing? What? Can you bet on a sweep?
1: Let me tell you right now, Dave. I, on- I, would, I would bet you some books you can. I don't know, like, what – like official ones, I yeah. Would, like sweep. Um, let me see. Now draft DraftKings, you can only do. There's no like uh, series lines or whatever. That's no, too bad. Socks minus one and a half is plus one ten. No, the over is nine. They score. I mean, like even like Avaldi's a good pitcher, but Eval- would it shock you if Nathan Avaldi goes out and gives up five runs? I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked. I'm going to hammer the socks and the over today. Socks minus one and a half in the over. That's my take today. Yeah, there we go. All right, Dave, why don't you give us something to ponder,
0: and then we'll get out of here.
2: Sure thing. Uh, this one, as most of my things to ponder, can probably be solved by science. Um, but, like, nobody understands science unless you're a scientist. So here we go. It's about molecules and uh, atoms, I guess. So when you look at water, I'm holding up water in my screen, you can't see it. Maybe in the future we'll do zooms. But um if you just look at water, there's two hydrogens and one oxygen in this thing. How do those things come together to make water? It like I've always thought about that and salt, like that is what the, is the it, question
1: of life. That is the question. Of life.
2: Yeah, sodium and chloride just like come together. To make salt.
0: You got a question for the big man upstairs is what it sounds like.
2: Yeah. Maybe I'll ask him one day.
0: I hope not anytime soon. Are you you
1: going upstairs, Dave, or are you going downstairs?
2: Ah, somewhere in the middle.
1: Let me tell you, because I don't think I'm going to make it upstairs.
2: (laughs) Well, if you're going to be downstairs, then maybe I'll come with you. Fine. Sure. We still haven't
1: met in person, though. I know. Take a trip up to UNH, dude. Are Are we virtual friends? Is that what we are? We're, no, you know we're e friends. We are e friends. We're e friends.
2: We're, we're pen pals. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, guess, I guess that wraps up the show, Don.
0: Yeah, that's that's enough for this week. We'll see you same time next week. Later, fellas. Peace. See
2: ya.